Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. Thanks for your patience. Just had a little technical thing to work out here before. We can bring up Mr. Tom Lomongo, publisher of Gold, Goats, and Guns Newsletter. My name is Patrick Timpone. It is March 1st. The first, Is that the Ides of March? Something like that. Uh, 2022, our 800 line is open if you'd like to join 888-663-6386. After we uh, send Tom along his way to feed his goats, you and I will spend some time one-on-one for a little bit tomorrow. The Real World of Money with Fred Dashevsky, who buys and sells gold coins for a living. You might want to look at that. And also, um, uh, one of our favorite guys is Richard Mayberry, an early warning report. He'll be on tomorrow at around 1130. In the great state of New York is a gentleman who uh, runs Gold Goats and Guns and takes care of us uh, every now and then. Thanks for coming on the show, Tom Luongo. How are you? I'm, and it's not, I'm from New York, but I'm originally, but I live in Florida. You know that. Uh, oh, did I say New York? I'm sorry. You did. That's okay. I'm Florida. Sorry. The, Yan- the Yankee sense is still very, very, very strong in this, <laughs> in my office. And, you know, I get reminded of that every, every once in a while by the people down here, which is fine. I, I, I certainly deserve it. No worries. No worries about that whatsoever. They are correct. We, we Yankees need a, 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 a a, a good comeuppance every once in a while, just to, just to just to remind us that we're not allowed, that we're never actually ever going to be fully welcome here, and that's fair <laughs> considering what we've done to them. So I'm okay uh, with that. Your host here is a member of a uh, Patreon member of Tom Luongo, and it's a pretty cool thing where you can support people doing research from a perspective that maybe you resonate with, and uh, so uh, you can go on tomluongo.me. Hello, tomluongo.me and go to mm-hmm. Gold, Goats, and Guns and become a Patreon member. And when I, you are a Patreon member, I've been getting your little uh, vibes and your emails and your videos in the last three days, and you've been staying up late trying to figure out what the hell is going on in the great country of Russia and the country of Ukraine. Ukraine. My biggest mm-hmm. question to you to kick it off is, sure. is, is Putin a globalist? Is he invading... Ukraine to take over the country, or some people believe he's there to reinstall a government that's more friendly to him and not NATO. Okay, uh, let's start with the the beginning stuff. For okay. anybody of a conspiratorial bent who believes that in some way, matter, shape, or form, Vladimir Putin is part of the uh, the cabal of associated with the World Economic Forum or anyone else right. or any of those people doing somehow in a you know double secret probation 4D 12D chess <laughs> thing that he's actually a member of the group you're wrong really and if you want to believe if you want to believe that that's your prerogative then you might as well turn off the rest of this hour because I'm going to be very annoying to you unless you just like screaming at your your computer screen that's fine <laughs> if you do it's your prerogative again your prerogative I'm a libertarian you live your life however you want I, got I don't think it's particularly healthy uh, to, to engage in that level of cognitive dissonance, but you go right ahead and do so if you so choose. Now, no, Putin, and the first rule of politics is very simple. You'd know a man by both his friends and his enemies. Hmm. Who hates Putin? Soros, Dallas, everyone. everyone. Everyone bad. Everyone hates hates. They all hate him. They all hate him. They all, and they all hate him in a way that is not in any way um reconcilable george soros has been has been funding color revolutions across the entire entire the entire border of russia southern and western border of russia for 25 years now yes 
and the idea that he and Soros are somehow like in bed together. And this is remember Putin passed the anti and the first anti NGO law in the world in Russia, which Viktor Orban in Hungary, who Soros also hates with a purple passion, um, modeled his anti NGO law on to get rid of you know Soros is Central you know, European University and uh, Open Society Foundation and all that stuff. So now Hillary Clinton hates. Vladimir Putin, again, with a purple passion. She just, you know, she lost the election or was going to lose the election. And, you know, knowing that if that she needed a, an easy scapegoat, Putin in Russia is always an easy scapegoat. Putin stands athwart these people. He goes, he shows up to Davos every once in a while. He shows up to WEF meetings every once in a while. He's also a former intelligence agent. Meaning, you know, you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. You... Need, always need to be doing intelligence on who they are and what they are. Well, last and time they, he was at, at Davos, he, he 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 told them that. And they when were he crazy. goes to Davos, he re, he reads Klaus Schwab <laughs> the Riot Act and tells him that the Fourth Industrial <laughs> Revolution is stupid. <laughs> You're nuts. You're out of your mind. And he said so it. It's on record. He's, he said, said it. it multiple times. I've written multiple blog posts about this. You can go yes, check sir. up on. I mean, it's not. This is not. It's dumb. So what's happening in Ukraine? is quite simple hmm. I'll, I'll start with the basics okay the russians are winning okay period the new york There's times no, told me the russians were losing this morning you know no, the russians are winning okay. they're they're achieving every objective they want to and they're doing it with their second stringers and with their 30 year old equipment they're wow. doing it with all their green troops and all of the and all of their 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 oldest equipment they haven't even brought their most their best forces to bear yeah. The Ukrainians are sending grandmothers out with AK-47s. They're releasing they're releasing hardened criminals from prison and giving them AK-47s. By the AK-47s, by the way, they're not just shooting each other in the streets of Kiev um, in order to go fight the the Great Patriotic War. You don't do that if you're winning, hmm. right? The, the 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 Saker, who's a over at the Saker.is, is a, a good a, website. A uh, Russian good. analyst, a good good man. Yeah, uh, Andre's a good man, and he made this point yesterday in one of his posts. He's like, the, the Zelensky would not be doing any of the things that he's doing if he was winning. Yeah. He's not. Um, hmm. The latest news coming out of the Rus not just the Russian Ministry of Defense, which of course you salt everything that they say to taste, because of course it's going to be to their benefit to say x y and z right. but from other uh, sources that you can corroborate on the ground in kiev and across the ukraine and i refuse to call it ukraine it's the ukraine and it's kiev not kiev um <laughs> it's Lvov, not Lviv. i'm sorry i'm not just i'm just not down with the common turn so um i'm sorry it just bothers me to know no, no, it's donetsk and lugansk it's, it, it's it's not luhansk it's yeah. it's ridiculous but he does he um, just want to put a, a government in that's friendly to him and get rid of these guys no no well no here's here well yeah i mean okay. eventually what's going to happen here is you have to realize that the whole uh, the whole situation is very simple hmm. nato wants to turn ukraine into a weapons platform to point nuclear missiles at russia and put them on the border 250 miles of border yeah like a whole big border with time of flight of five to seven minutes to Moscow. They've been on this kick since the Russians started developing hyper, you know, hmm. developing their latest round of missile defense systems, which they every time they put out another a, a new upgrade to their missile defense systems from the S 300s to the 400s from the 400s to the 500s and now the 550s. <laughs> the intensity of NATO's need to put missiles closer to Russia goes up because in order to get those missiles through to be able to have any credible 
uh, deterrent to a, really honestly to a Russian first strike. They need to do this. Huh. Or if they want to maintain the opportunity to be able to first strike Russia, they need to be able to do this. This is the neocon British American thinking, you know, Brzezinski doctrine, Mackinder Heartland thinking about yes, the subject. It's this is nothing has changed. American foreign policy and British foreign policy have, towards Russia have not changed since the since the end of the civil war in the United States. Wow. So Period. Putin's just not having it. He's just he doesn't want. He's these- not having a bit of it. Yeah. And he wow. made it abundantly clear. And he's been prepping this invasion of in, of Ukraine. And it's an invasion. There's no yeah. I'm not going to mince words here or anything or try and make it sound. He's invaded Ukraine. He's been forced to invade Ukraine because diplomacy has completely failed. But diplomacy was designed to fail. They didn't want to win. They didn't want a di- diplomatic solution to this because the diplomatic solution to this was nato goes back to the borders of 19 the the, their posture of 1997 ukraine becomes effectively a neutral wasteland that's been demilitarized and the azov battalion and the right sector the ukrainian nazis who worship stephen bandera who fought on the side of the nazis in world war ii who literally have swastika tattoos on their arms and you know i mean it's ridiculous we have we have israeli jews giving money to Ukrainian Nazis. Does this make any sense whatsoever? Can't make that up, can you? Well, can't, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you can. The, the truth is stranger than fiction. So <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard was on Tucker Carlson saying all they had to do was say we won't put NATO in their Ukraine, and Putin was and the Putin Russians will go home. Would stay home. Like, Don't do this. Never. They're never going to be a part of the EU. Right. They're never going to be part of NATO. Wow. They're never going to do this. If you do these very basic things. I know what's happening. The Europeans are arguing, oh, no, we have to stand on principles of democracy, of, of sovereignty. And of, <laughs> shut up. Well, Tom, they're they're arguing. The Russians are literally trying to negotiate with children. Yes, sir. Do they want? Okay? And they there's literally want- nothing worse. In, there's nothing worse in this world than an arrogant, entitled European trying to you try and negotiate with them. It doesn't work. They just think you're better than you. They don't listen to you. They don't it's been want going on for years. They don't want World War Three, do they? What do they want? The the globalists. What do they want? Well, I think. Well, you see, here's the thing. Here's the problem. Yeah. So every time they uh, they they ratchet up the rhetoric, all right? And then and then you know and then like last night it was all, well, Poland's going to send their their leftover MiG twenty nines and Bulgaria is going to send their MiG twenty fives or whatever, um, into to give the to the Ukrainians the Ukrainians to fight with. Aside from the fact that none of them fly and they all need to call they need to all call up Russia to get spare parts. <laughs> Good luck with that, right? Um, this morning now it's like oh, no we're not going to do that well of course, of course you're not going to do that because the russians have made it abundantly clear and putin laid it out in the speech when he declared basically declared war in ukraine last week um now he didn't declare war in ukraine he said he's doing effectively a, a peacekeeping action right. and in terms of international law putin always has his ducks in a row he's de- declared the um the action by right sector and the ukrainian government to be a genocide which is then actionable on his part under Article 12, I guess, I think it's Article 12 of the UN Charter, which says he's within his right to cross the border to defend, you know, an ethnic people who are being wiped out by um, being wiped out by another ethnic group, which in this case is Ukrainian Nazis versus ethnic Russians. Is that true? Um, Is that true? It is true. Okay. It's not true that it's a genocide. He's overstating his case because he's a politician. I roll 15,000 people over over eight years. 20,000 people over eight years is not a genocide. It's horrible, but it's not a genocide. 
Okay. Let's, you know, let's, it's, it's not, it's not the Armenian genocide prosecuted by the Turks that no, in 1918, that no one wants to admit, right. Where they wiped out 10% of all Armenians. That's a genocide. Is it true that the Nazis they're running Ukraine now have been trying to get rid of people so they could lower the voter turnout to to keep their their guys in power? I, I don't I don't really care. Ukrainian politics is so freaking corrupt it doesn't matter. Who knows? Right? It's, just, it's it's irrelevant. Okay. Okay. It's irrelevant because they're a client state of the United States. They're a pu- yes. it's a puppet government. Yeah. Okay. So it's the same thing. I mean, you should be more worried about them lower the lowering the voting you know, regulations here in the United States, because that's actually a better thing. Well, the U.S. put in yachts, but they did they put in Zelensky, too? Uh, Yes. Well, no, the people voted voted for him um, overwhelmingly to end the conflict. And then they neutralized him the same way they neutralized Trump. Oh, they neutralized Zelensky after he was voted in. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I see. Like because the entire government is is is, you know, in the pay of the uh, pay of the U.S. and the West. Half of them are Nazis. Wow. And, you know, and he's under, you know, if he does anything other than, you know, support what they're going to do, they'll just kill him. <laughs> like, it's not hard. This is this is really simple. OK, so they so got to Trump, point, too, because he's uh, uh, supporting Ukraine and it's CPAC. Well, yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, like Trump is yeah. is worthless. Yeah, okay. He's just going with the yeah. flow. OK. Yeah. And, Sorry, you know, didn't he's, want to take he's just, yeah, don't, yeah. let's not go. Let's not. Let's not get. Let's I, not get I, I agree. True Trump. Honestly, <laughs> like, please. Well, he's just, also a vaccine. He's, he's irrelevant. He's a vaccine. Until 2023, Nazi. he's completely irrelevant. And even then, I think he'll be irrelevant. Yes, sir. Um, so what's important, what's germane to the to the to the situation now is that the Russians are winning on the ground. They're okay. going to um, they're going to carve up Ukraine, carve it up. The whole southern half of Ukraine is going to become part of either a new country. The Donbass has the Donetsk and Lugansk have been recognized as independent states. The the likelihood in the next couple of days, and I mean days, is the rest of the southern half of Ukraine will declare their independence once all the once Mariupol is settled, once Kherson has already been settled, Dnipro, Odessa. Wow. Uh, Nikolaev, and then to the uh, north uh, of Donetsk uh, on the Russian border, Sumy and Cherniv. Once all of those objectives have been complete and the main part of the Ukrainian army has been cut off from retreat, um, because the Russians are basically making a a a line down from Kharkiv down to Mariupol. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Which will, which will literally cleave off the entire Eastern rump of the country where most of the ukrainian army is um fighting right now and since the russians completely control the skies they can't even retreat even if they wanted to because they've because all their fuel depots behind their lines have been blown up because the russians literally wiped out the ukrainian navy the ukrainian air force and the and ukrainian air defense systems in the first hour and a half of the war it's over it's done the Russians have complete and utter fire control over the entire country that matters. Maybe they don't have f- complete fire control over the, the extreme west, west of Kiev, over towards Poland, but they don't care. They don't want it. This is an area of the country they don't want, so they don't care. So these individual the places, they may spring up. Putin doesn't care. He, he'll let them just do what no, they that's want to what do? The, the, the mop-up operations will be slow okay. and painful because... The Russians are not looking to take territory here. They're not prosecuting this war the way we prosecute war, which is to go in, carpet bomb everybody, bomb day and night until everything is a, is a parking Iraq. lot, and then move troops. Yeah, Afghanistan. Yeah. And then bomb the next next square mile into a parking lot and do this over and over and over again. 
Hmm. They're not doing this. They are coming in. They get a little bit of resistance. They then start to encircle. They encircle the city. They trap, they, they trap the fighters. They force the fighters into the city. And then they open up a humanitarian corridor and say, you all civilians are allowed to leave to the south. If you do not, you have X amount of time to leave. And then everybody left is an enemy combatant. And you will be. And then we are going to go block to block, street to street, and we will wipe you out. They've done this in Syria. They did this all during World War II. This is how they prosecuted the war in hmm. World War II, liberating thousands of, of towns this way. Fascinating. Okay. And this is Russia. The Russians understand that they cannot conquer Ukraine and rebuild it. They don't have the, the power for that. They don't have the money for that. They don't have the resources for that. And moreover, it's not a particularly good way to wage war. These are their neighbors. These are ethnic Russians. These are people's cousins and daughters and sons and mm. husbands. I mean, this, this is a civil war. Yeah. Wow. This is an ethnic civil war. So it's not going to be done that way. So all of the literally it's it's infuriating how childish our media is portraying all of this these people are seven-year-olds i mean i'm talking about it doesn't matter who we're talking about yes sir, it doesn't know. matter what news outlet we're talking about all of them fox news to msnbc and and, and and everyone in between it is disgusting the uh, the rhetoric on Twitter is off the charts ridiculous. Twitter is just curating only pro-Ukrainian views for Christ's sake. It's, 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 it's literally retarded. I mean, it might as well. It is the worst type of Orwellian propaganda I have ever seen. We just saw this morning. I just had a friend of mine this morning from, I think it was, I think he's from the Czech Republic because the Czech Republic just came out and said, anybody who says anything good in public about the Russians will be put in jail for three years. Is that right? Jeez. Bulgaria just I think it was Bulgaria just said 25 years. Whoa. So the so the commies have returned to Eastern Europe. And Senator Warner's out this morning saying all this Russian information, you know, we're gonna have to stop it. And he's coming. I know. And yeah. Hillary Clinton was out there yesterday saying people like me should be put in jail. Oh, you could yeah, you, propaganda, dude. Okay, come on. Hey Hill, show up. Come on out. I I you you come you come and you try and put me in jail, honey. You come out and make a citizen's arrest. <laughs> It would be great. I would. I will happily do the world the favor that it does so desperately needs, which is to rid you of, well, your ability to breathe. So, how do the globalists you know, at that point you'd be trespassing? Yeah. So, in Florida, I'd be within my rights. Tom, how do the globalists and Biden even come out of this looking halfway strong? I mean, can they? Is there even a way out for them? Okay, what do they do? So. The first and notice the other thing they did. I, I went. I talked about some of the things that Ukrainians are doing on the right. ground. Now let's look at the 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 West response. Okay. The West response was to immediately invoke every financial nuclear weapon that they have. Yes, they have. They launched them all in a massive MERV style first strike oh. attempt. I mean, and two days into it, it's kind of effective, <laughs> but the they wouldn't be doing that. If the Russians hadn't caught them with their pants down, I just watched Doctor Strange the other day, so I'm like, yeah. I, I, half of the words that come out of my mouth are going to be are going to be crib dialogue from Doctor Strange. I made my daughter watch it; she's going to turn That's sixteen right. in April. I'm like, I think it's apropos that you, you learned should, that you, you that you watch Doctor Strange now. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I mean, everybody should see that movie at least once, if not, you know, memorize yes. it. So, yes, um, but so, we, so uh, the, the financial things we've got. <laughs> We've got this. Switch. What's important now is that we, I think what happened is this. Okay. Because okay. something changed. 
patchwork. Mm. Something changed. And I think what's what would happen here was there was probably some kind of gentleman's agreement. And the West thought that they had some kind of gentleman's agreement with Putin that he would only do a limited um, assault on the Donbass and leave the rest of the country alone. That's your theory, huh? And that um, and that they would then, you know, grudgingly accept the fact that they took the Donbass, which he's going to take anyone. He didn't do that. He launched the most highly coordinated multi-pronged attack in the history of the world really on tuesday really or thursday whenever it was five it was days that ago. coordinated and that, and that coordinated attack along four different fronts wow. with precision pinpoint bombing taking out hundreds of targets in an hour and marines dropping in odessa and meeting with the political leadership in odessa i mean killing off the ukrainian navy attacking all the ports everything and blanketing and all and, and they still didn't wipe out the uh communications uh on ukraine i mean for i mean you still see stuff yeah, people can still do the internet people are still yeah. you know sending video out from kiev and yeah. a lot of and there's a reason for that uh-huh. the russians want you to be able to see what's happening which is that for the most part they are not targeting civilian centers and that they're not interested in destroying the people who live there but they are going to wipe out all Ukrainian armed force resistance. I think that was not in the playbook. And I think that that gentleman's agreement wasn't acceptable because something else changed. Something happened. And I think that Putin found out about something else that they were planning on betraying him with, be it a biological weapon, or uh, attack or some other some other you know thing and he just said you know no he said no we're going to do this and we're going to do this right and we're going to we're going to we're going to lay down the maximum pain that we can inflict with the maximal level of demands which is it will be an act of war if finland or sweden he said that right are brought into nato right finland is apparently talking about that this morning in the Finnish parliament an act of if war fin- if the Finns if the Finns vote to become a member of NATO and NATO accepts it's World War three what does an act of war uh, mean differently war from different Tom Lamanco than what is going on today what does that mean right. if somebody says an act of war what does that mean well it we've already engaged in multiple acts of war all of the financial sanctions put on Russia are for all intents and purposes acts of which war. I want to get to as we once we Okay, Get so let's military. not even. Let, I mean, let's not even like go go. Let's not mince words here. Okay. The Russians consider themselves already, for all intents and purposes, at war with everybody. They're not going to attack NATO directly until it's necessary, if need be. But mm-hmm. they're gaming this out as if they are. Wow, man. They, because if you're going to try and beat these people, then it means wiping them out. Because look, the fight here is not against ukraine yes the fight here is about beating davos davos wants a new iron curtain and a separation 
while still leaving enough loopholes for the for them to still enjoy Russian gas and Russian titanium and Russian wheat and uh. Russian tungsten and, and nickel and all the things they need to run their modern economies, the lithium to run their new electric vehicles and the rare earths to run all their solar batteries and all the stuff. They need all and they that think stuff. they're going to get away with it because it's so because they because Russia needs that. No, they don't. They have all of Asia to supply that stuff to. A hell of a lot more people than the couple hundred million people that live in 500 million people that live in, in Europe. So I want everybody to like remember here that everything that is currently sold to the West can be sold East. Oh, Russia can sell it all to China. Rail and no, and no pipelines yeah. and roads and all no that problem. stuff. But does Davos and Europe need it or they just want it because it's cheaper gas? No, they do need it. Okay. They don't have it. They don't have it. They, they, Europe is a net energy importer, and it is going to be a net energy importer forever. You will start seeing a lot of smoke. I already saw this this morning on, on Zero Hedge uh, about the hydrogen economy. Is yeah. the hydrogen economy right. going to be it. better than the natural gas economy? I'm like, I'm a chemist. I, I've done a little hydro. I've done a little hydrogen generation, a little hydrolysis of water in my time. Um, yeah. No. So. no okay <laughs> no i was wondering about like, hydrolysis of water is one of the hardest things you can do in chemistry period I, splitting oxygen and hydrogen is energy intensive that's why water is so freaking stable you create a massive en- this is just basic chemistry I got you it. create a massive energy minimum which is why the bonds are so strong it takes ah it takes a lot of voltage to do it it takes a lot of energy to do it and it's not energy efficient to work it's not thermally efficient unless you have some kind of you know unless yeah. you have a, you know a background so unless you they, they, i mean doing it with solar is fine but it's slow and you're not going to run a modern economy on it no. it's, it's dumb it's what a about dumb american, slow way of what about american lng energy. american lng that they keep talking about is way is is, is too is expensive to get there two to three times as expensive to produce to be- it's thermally it's okay aside from the fact that it's not green lng is not green right okay right. Because you got to fight because, you know, like in general, like it's not green. Like how much of the gas has to be flared off? How much energy do you have to you lose 25 percent of the gas just trying to compress it into, into a liquid? Then you've got to chug it across you truck across half an ocean on a thing running on crude oil. Like because that's what number six bunker fuel is. It's just crude oil. Like it's just dumb. The whole thing is just I mean, I don't get me wrong. There are places in the world where LNG makes a lot of sense. And Europe's going to need LNG because the Russians can't supply all the pipe gas that the Europeans would need to run their economy. There's a market opportunity for both for both sides here. They, well, I don't know why we're fighting about Nord Stream 2 because they need Nord Stream 3. I mean, they needed Nord Stream 2 five years ago. Well, now Germany's saying they they're Nord not going to do the Nord five, Stream 2. In five years. It's, it's, Germany, it's all dumb. It's all, so Klaus is dumb enough to think and w a world economic forum that he can he can oh, uh border off russia but then also get all their stuff he really thinks he can do well, that. that's basically this is their fallback that's their plan right? it's pretty obvious to me that that's what their fallback plan is so if they can't win then they don't then then you know they still want to be able to dictate terms because you got to remember we are talking about arrogant europeans who think that they're indispensable to the world <laughs> true <laughs> i didn't know that but i did i mean like you know, like like look look go watch some of the the reporting on this so certainly during the first day or two there's a couple of videos going around making their their rounds on the internet uh of uh, a compilation of various news broadcasts of the opening 
the opening the, the opening ceremonies of the war for lack of a better term right. of all of these people on like sky news and uh and the bbc and msnbc and whatnot all these analysts and all these anchors and 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 uh and, and war correspondents saying this is happening in two european countries two first world civilized countries it's not like it's happening in the middle east or north africa implication being that they're just you know they're just <laughs> subhumans that are always fighting amongst themselves right like do you're like uh, excuse me like europe doesn't have two thousand years of of bloody history of fighting internecine wars between tribes or i i i no, but we're the enlightened white people. We don't fight amongst us. It's the worst kind of casual racism, and the and in my mind, you know, the true face of white privilege hmm. that the, all these you know that all these SJWs complain about. Yeah. Like, dude, or all these Marxists complain about. It. Like, but you're the Marxists. You're the bad guys. Like, it's just dumb. Okay, it, I want to ask whole, you about the, the financial stuff. It's just dumb. Uh, we I saw where the Swift thing is. I guess I understand that it's a dollar thing. The IMF and the people can take them away from SWIFT, but how is it possible that these people can go in and lock up his money, the central bank, lock up his gold and all that? Oh. So how? So the Russian well, central bank must well, be they, private. We did, we've done it to Iran, we've done it to Venezuela. But, look, so it must be Russians, private. Let me, hold, let me oil. ask you that. It must That's be right. a private central bank, otherwise they couldn't do it, correct? Well, yeah, well, okay. it's, it comes down to this. It comes down to okay. this. Think of it this way. Gazprom is a state-run company, all right? right? um when we buy oil from the russians right yeah. and we and we pay for it in dollars yes sir. the russians don't take all of that money and immediately like convert it into rubles and send it home right okay so they leave it on account to pay for other things that they buy from us in an account with the federal reserve or with you know at a bank in new york okay or, and wherever and so they uh. the assets of the of the central bank in order to do the in order to facilitate local exchanges for russian businesses doing business overseas they have local they have accounts in local banks in order to minimize the costs and lay off the risk and you know and and uh and engage in swaps in local markets and whatnot to, to hedge their currency risk so that's, that's what, what they, they do free, that's they're what just they're running their up. business yeah. like a nor yeah. like any like any intelligent person who would be managing the risk would, would well, do that's what they're freezing up the, that's what they're freezing. and we're freezing up the foreign exchange the the foreign account foreign held accounts of the central bank of russia which has never been done uh, to a g8 never been country done. no no it's been done to venezuela it's been done to iran it's been done to you know north korea well who cares, <laughs> who cares? right but those 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 are countries that cannot fight back I against see. the united states doing something like that so the so janet yellen a davos troll through and through goes for oh we're gonna we're gonna freeze 300 billion dollars worth of offshore assets of the russian central bank meanwhile the russian central bank has over 350 billion dollars still in reserve and the sovereign the, the, the state sovereign wealth fund and let's not kid ourselves a lot of gold too well that, the gold the, the gold is part of that this there's a lot of gold in the sovereign wealth fund there's an official amount of gold in the russians foreign exchange reserves now let me ask you a question yes. patrick yes do you really think do you really think the russians are telling us uh, the truth about how much gold they actually control no. do you think the chinese are no. do you think china after 30 years of running a mercantilist empire that they only have a couple of thousand tons of gold no under way. their control no way. no they have twenty thousand tons of gold 20, under their control or ten, or ten thousand or twenty thousand they have some unbelievable number because no domestically produced gold leaves china 
and yet they produce 400 tons of gold a year or 500 450 tons of gold none of it ever leaves the country and it's not like there's 450 tons worth of domestic demand for gold in china mm. so i i'd like to you know just put it out there that maybe <laughs> just maybe the chinese government has been accumulating gold on the sly for years and you know one day they'll just like they'll do like they did in june of 2010 and just announce that well we went from having 50 um, 54 tons of gold in our foreign exchange reserves to a thousand and fifty four tons of gold in our reserves which is what set off the final leg of the gold bull market from june 2010 to september 2011 when all the central banks would have been sellers of gold for 35 years all of a sudden started becoming that buyers and maybe do a yuan block blockchain thing with just a little bit of gold backing that's possible no i know they're, they're not going to do that, what, do that? What, the only people who will do any they don't need to do that there's no need to back the currency directly in gold Aside from the fact that gold is so thoroughly undervalued versus the over overgeared and hyper financialized yeah. you know mess that we have in the world today it would all just be bit away at you know even if they like opened up the the spigots and just let it, it just all get bit away in an hour the fed would print three trillion dollars and buy it all that would be dumb it would be the dumbest thing you could possibly do and then what the russians might do martin armstrong put this out there the other day and um and i agree with it completely is that what the russians might do in order to calm down the panic domestically uh -huh. is allow for the conversion of rubles to gold domestically directly through the banking system and through the foreign exchange reserve as the the, the russian central banks change but not to allow it to leave the country i don't understand how just, does that work what do you mean rubles to gold? same thing we do you do you not remember the days before 1971 i know people who went to the federal reserve <laughs> turned in their, their turned in their silver certificates and filled their cars with with silver okay it was up until august 1971 up until like 1968 you could do that then it was only central banks could do it and then in 71 august of 71 nixon closed that off as well but pre prior to 1968 you could belly up to the mariner Eccles building with a silver certificate and get silver but not gold not gold well, no, because the gold the, left the, in thirty-three. She wasn't back with gold yeah. at that point. Hey. You could get. You might have. Been, you might have been able to get gold. Doesn't matter. You could get either one. Yeah. So, I don't. You know, it's a little fuzzy at that but, point. But it was convertible, so they could not necessarily do it in such a way that they that the people are allowed to actually you know pull gold coins out, but that they could hold on account with a Russian bank you know gold in their accounts or even better allow the banks to hold gold as part of their reserves and therefore the book hey look the bank has this many has this many ounces of gold on reserve you know the bank's not going anywhere and as long as there's enough as long as the local as long as there's a liquidity into the the markets the bigger you know, then then the run on the ruble will end everybody will calm down and go oh, okay the world's not ending it'll take about a week or two and then everybody will will calm down is, the bigger problem is the, world is the cutting off of foreign exchange yeah. is the cutting off of foreign currency yeah. for, let, let, for importers and exporters my key question for you is this do you think that putin would have done this unless he knew that she or china has his back financially if he gets oh, into they a absolutely line? have his back okay they absolutely that's what have I thought. His back. why would he do it right? no, that's obvious 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 there's no it's not even a discussion everybody <laughs> who's trying to go out in the world today and ask and say oh well the chinese only abstained against condemning the russians for invading ukraine the chinese never veto anything at the u.n security council they always abstain the bigger news is that israel and india and the uae 
also abstained. Whoa, what does that mean? It means that they didn't back the they didn't back the West play. They didn't back the European Union and the, and the United States in condemning Russia. It means that India, that the whole of the Eurasian landmass, yes. Iran, the four biggest the four biggest powers, China, Russia, Iran, India, are all now in alignment. Erdogan in Turkey read finally, you know, all of a sudden for the first time in a hundred in hundreds of years, the Turks finally read uh, a treaty that they've they've been a signatory to and you know read it to the letter of the law, i.e. the Treaty Treaty of Montreux, which regulates, which gives them the ability to regulate uh flow through the Bosporus and Dardanelles into the Black Sea. That's under the Turks' control. And they read that to the letter of the law. No warships from either side can go through the can go through the canal. Period. And what does that mean unless for Russia? Their home port is unless their home port is Sevastopol <laughs> or you know, or in Romania. Explain or to us what that means the, to this. I don't it, understand. It means that that means that the that the United States is not going to be sending a carrier group to the Black Sea. Whoa! Which is actually probably doing the U.S. a favor because then they won't lose a carrier group to a Russian <laughs> missile in the Black Sea. Jeez. In the Black Sea. God. Because w, it's now a Russian yeah, lake. WTI is one hundred and four bucks and a half at this moment. WTI Brent is, is Brent? Brent, is Brent is Brent trading at a, at a, a premium to that whole It must be. I, I, it's it always higher be. than Brent, is. right? It's usually about a two dollar spread. Yeah. It's been about a two dollar spread for a while. WTI now. is We're looking at. Yeah, no, it's a, so I got Brent at one hundred six and one hundred six sixty five, and crude oil at one hundred five seventy five. Gold is in nineteen thirty four, and silver is at twenty two twenty five and a quarter. I'm more interested in soybeans at seventeen dollars a bushel. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> are you in the soybeans these days? No, I'm just telling you that. Um, oh, and the euro is now at a dollar eleven and falling like a rock. Wow, how can how can and, us? Oh, wow, how can us kids in the in the cheap seats profit off of this mess? Well, I would be. Uh, I would if you're not buying gold and crypto. Right. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. That's like, right. what, what's wrong with you? This how is could, this is like the day that this is the the week that both of them were made for. How can you right? not? Right. And the only reason gold and every uh, the only reason everything yesterday was so calm. Yes. Was because it was the last day of the month. Ah, that's right. And everybody and the central banks were in there desperately trying to hold every market Down. that's strategically important below very important monthly closing prices in order to paint the tape on the chart mm. so gold closed below 1916 yesterday um bitcoin closed below 41 or 42 the dow they tried to hold the dow above 34 they failed they tried to hold the dollar below 97 they succeeded they tried to hold the euro above a dollar 11 they succeeded these things were important. Now, today, on the first day of the month, and I literally said this last night on a live stream, oh, by the way, in the morning, gold will be at 1930. The euro will be, will, will, by the end of trading, will be crashing below $1.11. It's Everything a 1932 right now. All they did was paint the tape. It's a 1932 right now. Wow. So do you think this is uh, all, all bets are off on gold now? We're going to go up? We're going to have a good one? Um, I think we're I think we're in, you know, we're, look, let's, let's take things one step at a time. Hmm. Right now, you're waiting, you're waiting for a weekly close above 1916, which is the last um, important high mm -hmm. um, from a few months ago. So watch it go into a, go look at a weekly chart. Go look at the highs. The highs are somewhere. There's a couple of highs right around 1916, 1917. Gold closes above that. That's a breakout. That breakout will also propagate through both the monthly and the quarterly charts. And if so, if that weekly breakout holds and then piles on, then you'll see a 
close into the end of March, which will be a breakout. And then since March is the end of Q1, it'll be a breakout on the quarterly chart. You always want to see breakouts propagate through time. They they garner more and more strength the the bigger the time frames that they agglomerate. So sometimes a big move within a day is a big deal as long as it breaks the previous high, as long as it breaks it breaks out on the month. If it you know if you see a thing like today, today's situation in gold is very significant. But it was 1960 on Friday, and it couldn't close the week above 1916, and it could then it couldn't close the month above 1916. So that move into 1960, not a big deal because we couldn't get the close. You couldn't get people committing to it at the end of a time period. So no one was willing to go into the weekend in gold at positioned at $1,960 an ounce. They were willing to go in at $1,900. Uh, let me give you a little plug here, because the, 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 what you've just heard here is the kind of geeky stuff that Tom does with charts and graphs and his videos on the Patreon. And if you want to try to get a, an idea to get your arms around the financial world, which is obviously changing, Become a Patreon, Patreon guy. What is it? I, I think I pay 12 or 13 bucks a month, something like that. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's 12 bucks a month for everything. everything. The newsletter with the Man. portfolio, and, and it's $4 a month if you, just want the, if you just want the private blogs and the uh, right. um, and, and the, so, and the, the So if the you guys want to play in the crypto world, he knows a lot about them, and he can show you charts. And I also, the right? bigger thing is that I have a community now on Slack that is insane. That what is that we have a We have probably one of the best... I, I honestly think that we have one of the best crowdfunded um, uh, private research groups in the world at this point. We have some amazingly uh, uh, high quality people on from everything from, you know, money and crypto to domestic politics to, to geopolitics. We cover expatting around the world. We cover every we cover it all. We cover all the we cover even the fun stuff. These people are just they're engaged and they're smart. And there we have commodities traders in there. We have hedge fund managers in there. We have, you know, we have very successful high net worth investors in there. We just have a, a, a smattering of people and who are just it's it's an amazing. That sounds like group. fun. It is my crowdfunded private research group. And how do people get involved in that? How do people get involved? You just become a patron. You can only but you can only be a patron and and no and no tip jar. I don't give anything out for a dollar a month. You get nothing for that. If you want the value, spend the money. And honestly, the the the, the tip jar is just there. But that's separate you know, from the I, I appreciate them, thing but, that I know, do, right? Everything. That's separate but from you the know, pay- you do well. That's the big one. I don't do anything more than that. And I have I have patrons who give me more money than that. They they give me twenty five, thirty, forty dollars a month just to I'm support like, you, dude. That's not enough. I'm like, well, okay, fine. Then you know, pledge more. I'm, I I don't I hate to pimp it like that because look, the the work speaks for itself. Like if it's good, do it. You don't. Yeah. We don't. We shouldn't have to belabor the point. Yeah. Um, if it's worth it to you, great. If it's not worth it to you, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, come in, do the thing, be a part of the group, or or not. It's fine. We're with Tom we're, Longo. We're up to almost 1,200 patrons now. Gold, go 1,200. That's great. Gold, good for you. Gold, goats, and guns. And um, my name is Patrick Timpone. We're going to just uh, disperse with the commercials because who cares? Uh, that's how we support ourselves. If you like what we do, just go on our website, buy some products, and that's how we make our, our house payment. Um, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. This is from um, George. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Putin is killing a lot of people. I mean, what's up with that? Okay. Um, you know, He's killing a lot fewer people than wars. Okay, let's start from the beginning. War is always regrettable. Like, I, I, I still have pinned on my Twitter feed 
the article I wrote a couple of years ago is the eulogy to uh, the great writer, uh, Justin Raimondo, the editor-in-chief of antiwar.com, uh-huh. on the importance of being anti-war. I'm always against war. Like, war is never the right solution to anything. That being said, diplomacy was attempted and then was purposefully allowed to fail. If you look at the way the Russians are prosecuting this war, it is to allow as many civilians to get out of the way of it as possible, to leave those who want to fight, to fight. So if you want to fight, you're part of the Ukrainian armed forces and you want to fight, okay, well, then you have yourself a fight. And I don't begrudge the people, the, I don't begrudge you know patriotic Ukrainians believing that Putin's in the wrong for doing this and that they're going to stand and they're going to defend their homeland. Got news for you. Somebody comes, I'm against war, but if the, you know, sure. someone comes over the border and starts, you know, invading, you know, Alachua County, I got news for you, picking up a rifle and I'm shooting people. It's not tough. It's, it, it, we're not, you know, that's just and the you way can things understand are. why they feel like that. Absolutely. They get their I, news I, I, from I, TV, right? They get their news well, from TV. Well, it's not even that. No? It, it doesn't matter. It's, oh. it's, this is your home. Okay. You expect people to defend their home. Okay. Okay. You expect people to defend themselves and their families and everything. I, I, you don't begrudge them that. It's not rational at that point. It's just the right thing to do. You may lose. And what bothers me is watching the U.S. and the Europeans goad Zelensky into trying to turn every civilian in Ukraine into a guerrilla fighter who are just going to get slaughtered against even the half-trained Russian troops are getting slaughtered. Imagine what happens when the professional Russian troops come in. He's forcing people to, to, to fight, too, He's, right? I mean, yeah, they, they're conscripting men from the age of eight. Anybody who's a, a reasonably able body, yes, they're sir. conscripting them off of trucks and just handing and putting them in uniform and conscripting them into the army. Really? This is, no yeah, training? Yeah, no, they're like pulling no them out training? of cars. While they're, trying to, they're, they're pulling men my age out of cars and giving them a rifle and, and, and forcing them at gunpoint to go fight. Really, it's insane. It's it's like they it's want the right. West to see a lot of dead bodies, maybe, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Wow. wow. Because that's how they can generate sympathy. That's how they can manufacture consent against the evil Putin. Meanwhile, Putin is not bombing city centers. I mean, yeah, there's the odd building gets blown up here or there. I mean, these things happen. It's not yes, you know sir. not every not every bomb that goes off is going to be a, is going to be pinpoint is going to be you know, pinpoint precision things are going to happen there's going to be some collateral damage it's a war it is what it is no no one's arguing that but if you're going to prosecute this war you keep the civilian casualties to as much of a minimum as possible you allow the people who want to fight the opportunity to fight and then you let this, and then you try and kill as few of them as possible and do what needs to be done because if not then we're going to wind up in a situation where nato tries to push the Russians into a nuclear war. And we've already talked about how the Americans fight war. Carpet bomb in advance. Carpet bomb in advance. That means 140 million dead Russians. Now, is that right? Or is it a couple of th- or is a couple thousand Ukrainians worth not killing a, uh, 140 million dead Russians and then the Russians striking back and killing a couple hundred million Americans and a couple hundred million Europeans? because you know it's going to be a nuclear war, you do realize that the Russians have nuclear, um, nuclear-powered nuclear missiles circling the Earth right now. They do? Right now. They've got, nuclear, they've got missiles with nuclear reactors on them with, a time, with lifespans of 20 years circling the Earth as we speak and can drop from the stratosphere straight down on, well, that was Chicago. 
Oh, satellites. That was New York. Satellites. And there's no way to stop them. There's no anti. There's no aircraft. There's no anti aircraft system in the world that can stop them because they drop straight down. There's no ballistic arc to intercept. There's no way to intercept them. They come straight down. Like, and they're going to come down at like Mach 20. And then air burst. Done. That's it. Wipe out a city. They can do this. This is what we're dealing with. These are the people we're fighting. These are the people we're provoking a war with. Over the egos of a bunch of, you know, arrogant Germans who like, no, it's not acceptable. And Brits and Americans and Belgians and, and it's not acceptable. Evil friggin' Italians like Mario Draghi. It's not acceptable. And the Club of Rome guys that run the Italian mafia, otherwise known as the, 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 the Italian Senate. These people, no, it's not acceptable under no circumstances. And that's what Putin is standing up against. Wow. And sometimes, yeah, man, you got to fight. How is it and possible maybe, that all these... Maybe he's not the one who's in the wrong here. How is they it possible him, that they all these... They just got him to throw the first punch. How is it possible that all these people could be on the wrong side? I mean, our Governor Abbott, uh, Trump, all kinds of governors, they're all saying they're standing with Ukraine. I mean... Because uh, they have to. Because they, they have think to. they have to politically. They have to? Why? They think they have, they think they have to politically. Why? I write them all letters every I, time I, I say, I, because, I say, what do you do? war drives everybody crazy. Yeah. I mean, well, Greg Abbott is not a real governor. I know. It's not a real, uh, he's not, it's a, not a real, not a real Republican. Right. He's a globalist, you know, LARPing as a freedom guy. DeSantis is a little too much of a neocon in terms of foreign policy that I would like. It's one of the reasons I didn't vote for him in the primary. I didn't vote for DeSantis. I don't like his, I didn't like his foreign policy, but I'm like, and then again, he's, you know. So it's what Governor kind of things Forrest. are they talking about before? What kind yeah, of things are they talking to uh, Joe about in the White House this morning? What are they what are they bending his Joe ears? is being told that you're going to get you're going to get um, um, chocolate jello this afternoon or chocolate pudding. <laughs> this afternoon, it, right? of vanilla. And then you're going to read the statement off the teleprompter and you're and we're, we're going to we're going to you know, shoot you up with Adderall for about 20 minutes. And you'll have about 20 minutes of clarity. And then that'll be that. He's got to do this, this, the state of the union. It'll be the shortest state of the union address of all time. The guy's got 18 minutes in him before he starts going off the rails. I know. Okay. I want, you know, he was sundowning in the middle of his response speech on Thursday. Sundowning? To the Russian invasion. Sundowning? Uh, the, the, the term sundowning. It was uh, for someone who's, who's, um, who's, he's, he's in the dementia. The, the, the term is called sundowning. And his, and you can shoot them up with, with effectively adrenaline or Adderall with, with a stimulant and get them and, and prop them up for a little while. Okay. They did this during the campaign. And the worse it gets, the harder it is for him to flush this stuff out of the system. It's why he did not address the country the next morning. Because they had already spent, it took them, you know, they had, it, it takes time to flush the previous drugs out of the system in order you know, to metabolize them so that they can shoot them up again. How, this is what they're doing. How do you know they're, they're doing that? They're sage-managing, because any doctor knows this. Because wow. any doctor who's ever treated someone like this knows this. I know multiple doctors have told, talked to me about this stuff. How do I know it? I've got my partner knows this stuff. He cares about it. I've got two guys on my freaking Slack servers that are freaking doctors hmm. who know this stuff. Wow. That's so that's how I know. Again, like everything else, they're the best crowdfunded research platform in the world because they come from all walks of life. And they're not ideologues. We don't even all agree about everything. Sure. Like I have everybody from alt-right crazies to, to you know, 
to normies. It's so, you so, know, so where we are right now. And they're with, great. They're wonderful. I love them all. Yeah. What about our listeners who have stocks in their four hundred one ks? And this is this is their net nest egg. What do they What do so, they do today? What do they do? Okay. In your opinion, the reality the reality is, and this is a very difficult question. Yeah, I know. That's why I asked. The reality is <laughs> that big dollar spike we're seeing today. Yes, sir. That move, that eighteen basis point move we're seeing in the, down in the ten year yield today. Guess what? At some point, stocks are going. The American stock market is going to trade sideways. At worst, it, it there's going to be spasms down. It's going to be very, very um, um, chaotic. There's going to be a lot of volatility. Volatility is going to continue to rise all throughout the summer. We may even see a bit of an emotional sell-off. The Dow may even touch as low as 29, whereas it's trading at 33 today. Yeah, 33. But nothing lower than that. And, and it's not because the Fed will come in with a plunge protection team and move it. No, it's because capital is fleeing Europe at between 5 and $10 billion a day right now. Wow. Five and it's going to accelerate. And they're going it's going to, to accelerate going the because, going to. because Putin is not dumb. He knows how to break the European Union. He breaks the European Union by turning Ukraine into a quagmire for them, not for him. For them. For and them. them, and then, meaning Ukraine becomes a big cauldron that you suck NATO resources into. This is why he declared that if Nate, the, if any, anybody else anybody. sends weapons to Ukraine, I will consider it an act of war, which then gives you the opportunity. Okay, you want to send armor in? Great, we'll blow them all up. Oh, cool. So we've already taken it. So now after we've taken out most of NATO's armor and ground troops, okay, now all you got left are standoff missiles. Hey, let's get into that fight because I'm going to win that fight every day of the week. And the way you the way you destabilize the European Union politically is to attack its capital markets. The Russians have not used any of their financial weapons yet. Neither have the Chinese. But the Americans and the Europeans have used their all of them. All of them, right? All of them. All of them. No. And they haven't they, and they and we haven't seen the strike back from them yet. So now what? Yeah. Well, China like, and Russia has been working the good on news their own about this system, is that right? I think it's about I think it's about Europe. Okay. I yeah. think Putin is finally under Putin Putin has finally given up. See, Putin's blind spot has always been Europe. I, this Patrick, this is an important point I need to make. Then you can ask me the next okay, question. This is very important. His blind spot, meaning he His blind spot has always been Europe. He was remember, he was stationed in East Germany when, when he was in the KGB. He speaks German very well. Uh. Okay. When he meets when he meets with, with German politicians, they speak German. Mm. They don't speak Russian. Okay. He spent a lot of his formative years in Europe and believes that Russia is a European country and that Russia is a European power and is still a part of the of the European experience and therefore does not want to go to war with Europe, does not want to be at odds with Europe, wants to be a member of the Council of Europe, wants to be a member of PACE and all of these things. OK, not necessarily a member of the European Union because he's because he's fundamentally against that. And I think his blind spot for years is underestimating just how belligerent the European Union is towards him and the leadership in the European Union is towards Russia, that they have an, a deep and abiding animus against Russia. Oh. And he's finally admitted it to himself. He's been the one holding back 
Russia from doing this for years because the hardliners in Russia have been like, no, just wipe them all out because they deserve it. Seriously, we've we've saved these people so many times from themselves, and now they're doing it to us again. Just stop it. Do it. And it's cost him a lot to wait this long to not prosecute a, a war against Europe until the very last possible moment. And now it's here. And I honestly think at this moment in time, and he's still trying to split Europe off from the United States by calling us the empire of lies and giving the Europeans every opportunity to back away from being belligerent. And they all just walked out of the UN security, uh, the, 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 the UN meeting. Oh, because when Sergei Lavrov started to speak about an hour or two ago, and they all just got up when he started to speak, and they all just walked out like a bunch of children. The Europeans walked out. The whole, the whole of Europe. Wow. The whole European delegation. They just walked out. When the oh, Russian guy was speaking. They, they, while, the Europe, while the Russian foreign minister was speaking about what's going on in Ukraine. Just happened they just this morning? Out. Well, we're in solidarity with you. We're not, talk, we're not listening to you. Wow. And then they filmed it all like they, so they can virtue signal about being arrogant little European. They're like, okay, great. And now they're... And now they're going to, and, and if, they're, if, they, if this is where they are, if this is indicative of their attitude, they don't have a military that's not the United States. And if the United States isn't willing to fight, Europe is going to get run over. And what do you think is going to happen? What do you think investors are doing around the world right now? What do you think hedge fund managers are doing? Family, guys running family offices, you know, five, 10, $20 billion family, family offices doing when they, they, they're looking at their positions in companies like Total or, or you know, Volkswagen or, hmm. or ING Bank or whatever. You do, the, you do the math. I know what I'd be doing. I'd be buying the Dow with both fists is what I would be doing. Wow. Every time the Dow drops 500 points, I'd be buying the Dow. Wow. That's, it's not tough, dude. Put it in the biggest, deepest, most liquid market. I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to invest in. And they just shut off everybody from you know shuttling their money over to Russia, which is where it belongs. Um, like, and you'd be buying. The, it, you'd be buying gold and silver and and Bitcoin. And buying as well. gold and silver as well. But you know, yeah. But I'd be buying. I'd be buying all sorts of stuff. Hmm. But yes. But the point being is that if you're worried about your stocks, if they're if you're an American, I really wouldn't. If you're in index funds, I really wouldn't worry about it Don't too much. About I think there's a rotation out of ephemeral Nasdaq stocks, information-based Nasdaq stocks, Meta, Google, right? But the ones that actually produce stuff, like chips and cars, nah, they're going to do fine. I mean, Tesla is a, a, a different example because Tesla is a hedge fund that makes cars, um, <laughs> that's right, and makes bad cars. But that's a different that's a different discussion for a different day. So, is it true that China and Russia have been working on their own little um, alternative to SWIFT for a long time? So the SWIFT thing is they not, both have them. They, they both work. Twenty percent of all transactions in Russia are already are already already transact through Russia's version of SWIFT. Huh. Okay. Soon that will be a hundred percent. Like by the end of the week. Okay. Julie wants to know as an email, how does Iran's deal and their nuclear things with the um, the restrictions that United States putting on? Okay. Them? How does that? That's a really in? good question. Yeah, it's a good. That's question. a really good. No, Julie, that's an excellent question because it does actually tie into this. Okay. So the United States. Davos wants cheap energy into Europe. Okay. Okay. Davos hates the Russians. Okay. What they've been trying to do, Europe wants to isolate the Russians and then bring in all the other cheap energy into the European Union. Why do you think they're, and, and they also want to carve up the alliance up between Russia, China, Iran, and India. And India is the latecomer because they were like on the fence for years. But Russia, China, Iran have been an axis for a while now. Yes, sir. Especially since Trump pushed 
you know, dropped out of the JCPOA. The minute Biden got back into power and Biden is, you know, pure Davos through and through because he's run by Obama and Obama is Davos through and through. So just it's just Obama's third term for all intents and purposes. So we're going to have all of Obama's policies go back into place. The East Med pipeline for, for Israel. Nope, you can't have that. We want a deal with Iran and the deal with Iran, what they're trying to what they're trying to negotiate is they're trying to they're trying to belly up to Iran so that Iran will be will be willing to sell oil and gas through Turkey, through Syria, into Europe and cutting out the Russians. Meanwhile, that ship has already sailed because the Russians are the major uh, the Russians and the Chinese have put hundreds of billions of dollars already in investment into the oil and gas industry in and others um, into Iran. And Gazprom is the major investor and player in developing Iran's oil fields in the Caspian. Iran has an immense oil field in the Caspian. It's one of the biggest Huge. in the world, yeah, yeah. but they do not have the capabilities of, uh, of developing it on their own. Gazprom does. Iran is actually only going to get about 40% of the money out of it. And Gazprom is actually going to get most of it. Like Iran's going to get between 25 or at most 40%. I think it's closer to 30%. China's going to get some and Gazprom's going to get over half because Gazprom's the only one who can, can credibly develop the fields. And so therefore, they're going to do the work. They're going to get the money. That's why you and, own Gazprom, yeah. right? That's why you own it. Well, yeah, but uh, you know, by Friday, none of us are going to be allowed to own Gazprom. Because they freeze the office of uh, The Office of Financial Asset Control, uh, from what I understand, on by Friday of this week, uh, you will not be able to buy or sell any Russian stocks. You're going to sell yours, or you're going to hold just hold on to them. I'm going to hold on to it, and I'm going to hold. I'm oh. going to hold and and, come and wait for cooler heads. I, I think this is a negotiating point. When the when the war in Ukraine is over, again, all these sanctions will be used as negotiating chips to try and you know get some get some concessions. They need to. So that's another reason why we they put all the nuclear financial weapons on the table. Hmm. So that they have bargaining chips this is why you know trump pulled out of the jcpoa okay he, he thought he was going to have negotiating power over iran iran told him to, to go scratch and just you know hunker down and did what they needed to do well guess what now that iran is stronger for it and they don't have, and biden has no leverage if they release the, the oil from iran will that uh uh tamp down the higher oil prices we're seeing today a little bit a little bit a little bit it's going to take a couple of years for iran to rebuild their oh um, really it's not going to be anything their, quicker their, no, it's going to take them a couple of years. They, they went down from four and a half million barrels a day to under one. They're back up to about one and a half. How They're, do you keep I mean, track of all with, this stuff, man? Jeez, I, I'd be crazy. This is what I do for that's, a living, dude. That's what you I, do. <laughs> this is what I do. I'm in this. I'm in this. I, I'm trying to keep it clean. I'm in this thing. You know, sixty, seventy hours a week doing this. Wow. This is what I do. Yeah. What do you think this oil price thing is going to go, and how that's going to affect the whole game? Well, again, Davos wants as high an oil price as possible in order to, to, to get everybody to buy electric cars to, 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 oh, to combat climate change. That's not change. what this is about, and is it? Is it? That's not gonna, and that's not going to work. And that's not going to work either. No. Like, eventually, the, the, eventually uh, oil will top out probably around 125 bucks a barrel. Hmm. Again, it'll be there for a year or two, and then it'll collapse in price again. And then we'll try and we'll, then we'll try regime change in Russia after. It's been $125 a barrel for a couple of years, and they've gotten used to that. Then we'll try and knock the price of oil back down to 25 bucks, and we'll and the neocons will come out again and go, oh, Putin's about to lose power because <laughs> all oil, and we and we crushed the ruble, and we did this, and like it never works. And they 125 like bucks a barrel, and it never works. Putin's going to have a stash a couple of years of that price. 
He'll have a lot of money, man. Yeah, but he doesn't want it at that price. What do you mean he doesn't Everybody want it? Everybody makes this assumption that he wants $150 barrel oil. He doesn't. Why? Because you can't, because when oil is that profitable, yeah. do you invest in anything other than oil? No. Do you do you, do you create a, an economy that is, is geared for anything other than the production of oil and gas? No, everybody just does oil, right? Right, because the internal return on investment on everything, the IRR on, a, on, on oil and gas at 125, when you can pull it out of the ground for nine is so high that there's no point in, that there's no point in, in uh, doing anything else. And doing anything else so this is the problem putin has made it abundantly clear he said this on multiple occasions and he said it his finance minister alexander solyanov has said it the the uh, the, the the ceos of gazprom and and, and rosneft alexei miller and igor session have said this the russians want oil between 55 and 70 dollars a barrel that's where they think the good that's where they think the sweet spot is for everybody that means that the saudis can keep their um, that all the Gulf states that are over, kind of, you know, a little over, that are indebted in a sense, you know, that need a higher oil price in order to, you know, to fund their operations. The Saudis need $70 a barrel oil to, to keep, to, to, to balance their budget. The Russians don't. The Russians need 20, the Russians can survive on $25 a barrel oil. It's amazing. They don't care. And he's got a buttload they of oil. They out of the ground for nine, guys. Nine. What is Iraq and, the, and those yeah, other the places? The ruble at 106. The ruble at 106. They're pulling it out of the ground for like, you know, six dollars a barrel. Can't we go long ruble today? And make some money someday. You, if you can find them to buy. Oh, you can't buy them. You can't find them. You can't get them. Huh. So, so there it is. <laughs> well, well, okay. Final question. I'm gonna have to get going because I've got a call. I've got a call real soon. Final question. So, what's what's right? What's China's next move? Do you think they they do the whole Taiwan thing or just hang out and see what what do you think they're they're thinking? We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I I can't I can't um I can't handicap Taiwan at this point because we don't know how things are going to degrade in Europe. The more things degrade in Europe, the higher the probability that China goes after Taiwan. The more they go south here, what we're talking about, the better chance it is for the more that the more basically Russia wins and they and 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 Europe tries to escalate against them. The, the higher the probability that China moves and against Taiwan. Longo, you can't even imagine what would be going on with Biden if that happens. Come on. I mean. Biden's not going to last the year. But then we get Kamala, girl. What are we going to do with her? Maybe. Maybe. No, I, I still, I'm, my bet is still Janet Yellen. Jan, oh, they figure out a way how to ditch Kamala and put in Yellen? Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, Kamala is not even legally uh supposed to be the vice president of her birth and all that so maybe they get away with that you know oh you know neither was obama so i don't even want to i don't want to get it <laughs> don't even go. Like, rules for thee and not for me like it's this is the, this is the world we live in. I I mean, we can't we can't park there's no point in parsing this stuff the 16th amendment was never properly ratified and yet we all pay things a mess. yeah i i agree so just, let's just not let's dispense with the childish stuff and deal with the real politic of the world i understand well well, it's really a pleasure to talk to you. I had a good time. I learned a lot. And uh, okay. thank you. Uh, tell folks how they can. No, I'm not sure how you can do the Substack big deal. I can't do that. That's a separate thing than what I have. Is I don't that, do Substack. No, I just do. That, no, I just do Patreon. You just go to Patreon slash Gold Goats and Guns. It's in the gutter on my website. It's on the right oh, side, so I, right hand side of my gutter that on my website. Talked about. Yeah, it's just Patreon. Um, okay. So that, that will get you either the newsletter or and or any of Slack is just another it's just a, a discussion piece. server that we have so it's just a private it's just a private it's like you know having our own discord server or okay. you know telegram server or whatever um but it's it's pretty extensive 
Uh, and that's just part of the service. Like everybody who signs up for, for more than a dollar a month gets an invite to Slack. Um, you can do that. You go to my website at tomlawonga.me. You can follow me on Twitter, TFL1728. And, uh, you know, tune in every once in a while to the live streams on Odyssey and just search for me on Odyssey. I'm not going to, the, the, there's, I'm not going to give you a link to it because it's not, it's not, it's not worth it. If you were to recommend just one or two websites that people can look at to try to get some reasonable, fair information on this whole Russian thing, what, who do you like? Like Saker? Saker's good, right? Saker's good. Moon of Alabama. Bernard is killing it over at Moon of Alabama. I have a lot of problems with Bernard on it, you know, when it comes to just about anything else, but he's really good at times like this. What's uh, the name of the site? Stuff like this, he's uh, moonofalabama.org. Moon of uh, Alabama. It's a, it's, a, it's a blog run by a former uh, German intelligence agent named Bernard. Um, mm-hmm. Moon of Alabama is really good during times like this he'll drive you crazy whenever he tries to do and whenever he tries to talk about american politics because well he's a german leftist and german leftists (laughs) plus american politics equals bad commentary um laughably bad commentary so because you know marxists what are you gonna do take care of the goats and the guns (laughs) and the gold thanks for coming on gotta go you take care of yourself stay under the radar all right tom lalongo patrick and if you would like to Uh, get some more insights in this whole thing, you're invited to join us tomorrow. That'll be at about 11.30 Central Time with one of our fave guys, which is Richard Mayberry, and his is Early Warning Report. I think, do I have the, do I have the little slide up there? I'll give him a plug while we're thinking about these things. Yeah, I got it here. Early Warning Report, Richard Mayberry's. I have been involved with with his work, uh, oh gosh, I think since 1985, he talks about everything that we've talked about today, the geopolitics of it all, the uh, gold, uh, silver stocks, uh, stock picks, and they, they look at some things that are um, very carefully if you're going to get into equities as well. And, you know, he tells you the things that he buys, and he's got a very nice track record as far as a return on investment. Uh, we had a little phone issue last week, but he'll be here uh, tomorrow, Richard Mayberry, at 11.30 Central Time. And also then uh, Fred Dashevsky with The Real World of Money tomorrow at 10. Boy, this is a little political week we got going here. And he's going to be here as well. And we'll talk to him and see what he thinks about the way of the world. And uh, this is a great place that you can get yourself some uh, U.S. uh, minted gold and silver coins. His phone number is 800-878-2646. Now, he only deals with real American money. So no um, bricks, bars, and silver things, and uh, all numismatics. You can get pre-1965 silver, and you can buy bags of those, dollars, I'm sorry, dimes, quarters, halves, and silver dollars. And then the good stuff in the plastic cases, numismatic coins like... uh, so, you know, if uh, Luongo and other people are right, gold is, uh, is, uh, is a buy today. And so this might be a good time to call Fred Dashevsky, 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646. He'll be here tomorrow at 10 before Richard Mayberry. I love you all very much. You know what? I'm feeling kind of feisty. I think what I'm going to do is go down and get a little orange juice and just take a quick break. If you'd like to stick around, We'll come back and we'll, we'll we'll chat it up for a little bit and talk about life and love and, and fooling around. Hope you enjoyed Tom Luongo. Uh, support him if you can, if you want to. I think you'll enjoy the 12 bucks a month 
uh, Patreon thing. If you want to do- donate to us once a month, you can also do that. This is how people are making it today who are coming up with their own take and, and insights into the way the world with health, wealth, and well-being like we do. And that's how you keep uh, these things out there. Otherwise, uh, you know, then we'd have to charge for stuff. It's better just to support us and stuff like that. So I'm going to uh, stick around. I'll be back in a few minutes, and we'll chat it up, and you can call on our 800 number if you'd like to. Take care of yourself. May the blessings be. Hope you enjoy the show. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.